Hello, welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. My name is Christina. I am your lovely host. We will be discussing Vikings Season 3, Episode 4, entitled Scarred. Being pissed on can be very scarring, but some people are uh, into that. And apparently, Ragnar may be one of those. Except nowadays, they just call it Golden Showers. I would... uh not recommended not that i ever tried don't think i would ever want to try how do we get on this topic (laughs) wherever you're listening to this podcast podbean stitcher itunes spotify go down to the rating section drop some stars leave a review my social media will be there as well like share and if you want to send feedback on vikings vikings valhalla the bear the flash or any other show that we are doing blackercouch at gmail.com I like this episode. I gave it a 9 out of 10. Floki is being Floki. And I pretty much set that aside. But with that, we got the loss of a character. But it was done in such a poetic manner. I couldn't help but uh, but praise the scene itself, even though I'm not particularly happy about uh, exactly how she passed away we have uh Kauf making alliances as he brings back a blast from the past which is king Horik's son erlander who is now married to Jarl borg's widow torvi that woman has been passed around <laughs> From one failed noble to the other. But they have a joint alliance all in not favor of Ragnar, but not necessarily against him. Because I still, when I think of these three weak children, I am not at all feeling as if Ragnar has anything to worry about other than a pain in his ass. Every time I'm in the street, I hear... Einar is still there with uh, Kalf. And I wanted to discuss this story arc very briefly because it was introduced very briefly. But now when, when Ragnar comes back, he is going to have to deal with this situation that is certainly going to change the factors for Lagatha because she walked away being a Jarl in her own right. However, she allowed or was betrayed both in the same breath, maybe sort of, I mean, everyone can get betrayed. So I, I can't say she allowed. I just surprised there's not so many other more in her camp considering how like spies and stuff considering how and you know shaking it already was with Einar and his family Uh, and she couldn't get rid of him herself because of the exact reason like oh no Einar does bring with it a lot of support for her own yardum and now they have decided to get behind Kalf and now you have another power base with a army because King Horik's son Erlander still got to kept keep the properties I believe still got to keep his significance so to speak and thus that comes with the army and loyal followers and now you have 
Jarl Borg's family and every all the assets that now are stacked against Lagatha because all she has to show for it is I'm cool with Ragnar. She has nothing independently to bring forth into this arrangement. And that is pretty shitty. But certainly both issues they're going to have to deal with now that they have left England or will be leaving England triumphant. Let us go to Cadigat to get this uh, sadness over with. Despite Siggy's increasing sense of dread and doom warning Aslug about associating with Harvard, the lovesick queen strikes up a sexual dalliance in a barn like a rutting barn animal. I'm not judging. I'm judging a little. I'm not going to lie. Though I must say she was sloppy enough or she wasn't sloppy enough to do it in in the, the bed she sleeps in with Ragnar because that would just be insult to injury. She's like, I know what this is. I know what it makes me look like and I'm doing it in the appropriate place. <laughs> For this offense, the gods lure both Ragnar's sons, Ube and Fitzer. Or was it the Sigurd? I think it was Fitzer because Sigurd still seems rather young. Out onto a frozen lake where Siggy witnesses them both suddenly fall in. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Without even a thought, Siggy rushes across the ice and in her last heroic moments on this earth, rescues both boys despite freezing to death. Because, girl, I know the first time down had to give you hypothermia. She was greeted into her afterlife by her daughter, and I thought that was appropriate. Goodbye, my lover. Goodbye, my friend. Harbard was also suddenly there to take the children. There was a cut scene with Aslug joining him. The fact that you was getting nasty while your children were wandering the wilderness is not going to go down well. <laughs> and poor Rolo. This is going to be some horrible news for him upon his return. He's finally stepping up into some growth and wisdom, watching and learning from his brother's success instead of just envying it. And then right as he had his uh, his queen to take him to that next level, she's taken out. Siggy will be missed. And some behind the scenes knowledge turned out turns out that she had to bow out of the production due to personal reasons and that they planned for so much more with her character so the abruptness of it all was rather real harvard realizes he should get on now that many children have died and his dick is sufficiently wet to offer his mysterious powers to the next emotionally deprived noble woman but assures Aslug Ivor's pain will be fine going forward, so you're welcome. Meanwhile, her blonde haired boys. Nigga, you gotta be ashamed of yourself, nigga. Real talk. You gotta be ashamed of yourself. All as you is. Once again, behind the scenes, this was supposedly supposed to be Odin, the father of Ragnar, so congratulations. <laughs> you fucked your husband's dad 
I know that Mimi and Shy are going to have a lot of words about this scene, so I will allow them in the feedback to continue on any lingering thoughts about that particular story arc. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to be oh so kind and sweet. I'm a weak splitter. I'm a tall figure. I'm an unforgiving wild ass dog. Let's move over to England where we get the bulk of our story. Ragnar and Sybil. Their journey comes to an end with her pissing on his wound when he tries to take a moment for himself. She did promise him that Nana, if he were to be successful. You're about to get chlamydia. However, unlike any other man in her vicinity, he knows when to stay the fuck away. Like some things you just don't, you don't want to deal with. I don't want no part of that. That is messed up. Okay. But pissing on his wound is a way to sterilize it from infection. So that, uh, that is very <laughs> giving on her part. While Eckbert thinks he has conquered Lagatha with the sex that they've been having, she's like, it was nice, but I see you for what you are. When he asked her to stay longer, you're a selfish, selfish as narcissistic bitch who only loves themselves and i'm not about that life but thank you for all the nice shit in the land and the human vibrator that you became for me she and ragnar they reunited in the hall like old friends and lovers both smirking at their counterparts inferiority you can't touch this you can't touch this touch this almost to say like so how was your uh your english adventure athelstan ends his own affair with judith who is madly in love with the sometimes monk sometimes viking and the both act a little too casual about their affair considering her husband is back in the castle walls get tactical marines especially her but she's got that love haze going on so <laughs> she's not acting rationally <laughs> however while Aethelwulf doesn't say anything having caught them both out there kissing considering his rejection from Ragnar when he tried to act like they were friends wait a minute who are you he drunkenly came over. He's like, I don't like you. <laughs> he is likely waiting to play that card in a future argument. Eckbert strikes out, strikes out twice trying to steal away Ragnar's favorite things when he attempts to tempt Athelstan to stay with him in England. He tells him all roads lead to Ragnar. To which Eckbert replies he is making a grave mistake. Another great Travis Fimmel performance, cause Ragnar in this serious situation is acting like a grown ass child with that helmet, watching in amusement and possessiveness. 
he is happy to see athelstan at his side once again but also realizes that his friend got strings attached to the soil and understands his choice to love him above all but also it's like now you know the love of a woman and we have so much to talk about later finally ragnar and Eckbert have parallel thrones <laughs> side by side have a very fun conversation with where both ponder their soul ragnar says do you think you are a good man Eckbert replies yes i think so are you a good man yes i think so are you corrupt king Eckbert, with a please smile says oh yes are you and he's like uh-huh <laughs> so they have this moment of seeing each other for who they are and appreciating it and it is a bit of a camaraderie between these two people two peoples that shouldn't get along but actually find themselves quite liking each other the episode ends with princess sybil having the last damn word as upon saving her brother burger bringing him into the hall forcing him to apologize to the king and ragnar about his horrible behavior poisons his wine in front of absolutely everyone at court before they take their own then toasts herself after she uh watches her brother die as the sole ruler of mercia you can't fuck with queen this why i love sybil she said ain't no man going to be running shit so much for being a puppet Eckbert. i really love that she is irrational she is traumatized she is overly sexualized but she isn't going to allow anyone to dictate her future everyone then promptly poured out their wine getting the message very loud and clear and not even being bitter about it like you know what this is the game of thrones and that bitch played it she played her hand and she came out on top hold me down so give me the give me the crown they say i walk like a king talk like a king you can act around now say the same thing they chasing the fame they all want the name but they ain't got what's running through these veins say i walk like a king and that is my review of the what is this the fourth fourth episode of the season such a big death at this uh early moment in the season as well where usually it's uh about i don't know the the midway point that you would have something like that but yeah i thought it was very very quick pace quick witted it does manage to cover a lot of ground in a short amount of of time those 45 minutes get so much packed in which is why i get aggravated with vikings valhalla when they struggle to put any real meaningful context in the shit ton of a lot of time for them to do such character work as stated previously we do have feedback for this episode so let's hop into the mailbag 
Christina. It's me, Shy. I am here to give my feedback for Vikings episode four of season three. I am finally caught back up with this show and I actually caught up with Will Trent. So I will be giving feedback for episode six of that one. So excited to finally have some time to just chill and watch some shows. And I'm hoping to do the same. I think I'm caught up with Vikings Valhalla. I don't know what episode you're on. Um, I got to look that up um, to make sure that I am on track with that. But I think maybe I might be an episode behind. Um, Anyway, as for this one, I think I'll just give my overall thoughts on because I've watched more than one episode. I think I watched. Yeah, it was just two. I was only behind by two episodes because I don't think you were you know, pushing them out as, um, as frequent. Um, so I was able to catch back up a little quicker. Um, yeah, so a lot happened. I actually got a chance to listen to your podcast for episode two and three, I think. Um, so I'm caught up a little bit on what the overall, thoughts are for this season and what's happening and I'll just say that um I I don't know I have I mean I've liked Siggy um in the past but I felt like ever since um the King Horik storyline um ended that she's kind of been like there um you know just there so not really serving a huge purpose but there so her dying although it was surprising and I wasn't expecting it um I you know wasn't I don't know I wasn't sad sad and especially the way they did it I don't know they have this way of doing death scenes sometimes that make you seem happy <laughs> as someone is dying <laughs> which I find maybe that's creepy because I don't know she sees her daughter and it's like she's happy and the way they um they portray Valhalla is like this beautiful this place of honor to go to. So it's hard to feel super sad about it. Um in regards to the characters, especially when you feel like in this case, you know, they're going to be with their loved ones, um, her sons, her daughter, um, I guess her husband. I get yeah, she loved him. Um <clears throat> and the same for um um Torsten um the way he went out like y'all said like a G and so I mean it was like that's how they want to go out and Rolo understood that and allowed him to have the inning that he wanted to have and not just you know dying out in the corner somewhere um after losing his arm so I still was sad to see him go because I thought it seemed like um Ragnar is losing so many of his friends um that I've enjoyed seeing um and I'm in agreement with you um Christina about Floki I'm so over Floki right now it's like he's just this annoying gnat that just keeps it's like dude nobody forced you to do anything nobody forced you to come nobody forced you to fight nobody forced you to do anything Ragnar gave them choices and they chose to follow and it's like so why are you you know just harping on something you knew what you were getting into when you decided to go along with the plan 
And so it's like, and it's not like Ragnar is not telling you what the vision is, what his hopes are. I mean, it might not be what you want. And that's why you should have stayed jazz in Catechate because you're not about that. You you don't want to um, go in with the Christians and all that stuff. But you were the first, the main one that wanted to get out of there. And so for him to be the main one that's, you know, whining and complaining the whole time is ridiculous to me. Um, and just because I do feel like it's his, I mean, he's pulling the, you know, the God's card. The God's don't like this. The God's like, he's the only one that has a mouthpiece to the gods, you know? And so, and you were saying he's a zealot and yeah, I agree with that. But it's like, how how serious can we take him when he is so, so extreme in what he's saying and he's not willing to see anyone else's point of view but his own. So, and then of course, yes, I'm, I mean, I get it, you know, his his jealousy of Ethelstan, that's been like that for from the beginning. And uh, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't see what his purpose, and I, and I think you were saying something about um, how Ragnar and Egbert, and they, um, how they, how they differ in um, how they go about things. And I mean, of course, you know, Egbert, he's, he was raised into this life and he was groomed to be king and groomed to the monarchy and all of that stuff. So, and of course his people around him were the same way. Um, So they're all used to this royalty, this royalty way of thinking, how to navigate in the political world. While I feel like Ragnar, he's like trying to um, play catch up. He's learning as he goes along. And then the people around him are not royalty. They're just warriors. And so they have a different mindset. So it's going to be different. Um, And of course, he's just not, the kingdom was thrust upon him. And yeah, he's, his people are not on the same level in regards to that world as King Eppert. Um, I will say I was surprised that Edelstan did go uh, all the way, do the nasty with Judith. I'm like, oh, okay. So we he definitely has embraced <laughs> um, his pagan ways. Um, I mean, even Christians are like that. I shouldn't just say pagan. Um, so, well, he's, I mean, because what was it? Season two, one and two, right? Where he was steadfast in his beliefs as a monk. Um, so that's definitely not the case anymore. And then we got, and then I'm kind of like surprised that uh, Lagatha's um, not Evite when it comes to this guy. What's his name? Kalf? That she left behind. I'm not saying that she needs to be like totally suspicious, you know, because she did trust him to to um, lead on her in her absence. But I'm like, the way she, Rolo was, you know, talking to her and she's like, oh, no, I've, you know, it's like he, there should be some, you know, it shouldn't be total trust in this guy, especially, you know, we know that she's smart and she's a warrior and just how she called out King Egbert. It's like that's the Lagatha that I enjoy and she's a badass. And so I don't know, it's like for her to not have any 
um, <laughs> suspicion whatsoever, like zero. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, you need to be distrustful again, like I said, be, but at the same time, have some caution about you um, and not be totally, you know, 100% in. And maybe that's just what she was saying, the safe face to Rolo. Uh, but we'll see. And um, please help me understand about, I mean, I died laughing when um, that, that girl, Mercia, Mercia girl, pissed on her. I'm like, what the hell is happening here? <laughs> I can't. I just can't. Oh, my gosh. Um, that was something. And, um, yeah. The Wanderer guy, I, I figured, yeah, I didn't. I just thought he was, yeah, I thought there was something like godlike about him. I don't know. I didn't get the impression. I think you were saying something about him slipping the baby opium or something. And I'm like, I didn't see that at all. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. He just laid hands on the on the child on Ivar and Ivar Ivar and he was calm so I felt like there was like, something mythical about him and then of course at the end we saw him like kind of disappear into the to the wind and so I'm like hmm because all they kept talking about was God like and God this and Thor and and so they were just laying it on thick so I was like there's something unique about him and he seems to just know stuff I don't know. Um, so that, and then of course, when Siggy died, he was there. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I I was kind of thinking more of something mythical was going on um, with that. But my time is up. I'm almost at ten minutes. So until next time, I love peace and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, shy. Thank you, Queen Shy, for your thoughts on the episode. Where to begin? Uh, agreed, Ragnar is losing a lot of his friends. I also very much agree that um, Floki is annoying. And the thing of it is, he keeps mentioning about his religious beliefs, but how much is it about the gods? Because everybody else ain't too conflicted about intermingling with the Christians besides Floki. And how much it is about the gods and how much is it about Floki losing his own influence. Good point about Ragnar. He is playing catch up. He is not surrounded by forward thinking people such as himself. And he isn't born to this. He is someone who has to learn on the go, unfortunately. But that is still uh, a trait that is exploited in one man, but not able to be capitalized with the other. Uh, monks didn't even take vows of celibacy. They had whole ass wives. So yeah, the the <laughs> the idea that he would need to be celibate as a monk is not necessarily 100%. Depends on where you are at in the countryside. And lastly, I'm with you with uh, Lagatha as well. I think she is smart enough to be aware of the inherent sexism that if a male presents himself that is a worthy juxtaposition to herself as the Jarl, of course, everyone is going to more readily get behind the man. That's simply how it is. You needed a male stooge, which is why you got Einar to be able to dethrone your own husband. So you know that the male entity is part of that. 
So to not at least have women behind that can be your little butterflies is is a, a mistake, a mishap on her part, I should say that um, I, I, she's going to have to learn herself. And, and that's part of the growth experience. You aren't going to you're going to open yourself up to being to, to losing your power. And then what do you do then? That's all about the journey. But I'm glad that you are caught up. And moving forward and that you'll be joining us on Viking Valhalla because Mimi was just asking about you. Which leads perfectly into the segue of hearing what she thought of this episode. What up, Stina? It's Mimi. This is feedback for Vikings uh, Season 3, Episode 4. I've been sitting on this for probably going on two weeks. And I, I am just just flabbergasted and bamboozled about the um, ending of this episode and like I didn't like um, Aslog anyway but this made me dislike her even more because I can't help but think that this is her fault because her badass kids that don't fucking listen that decided they wanted to just leave the house because they mama left and my girl Siggy went to go find them and she drowned trying to save their badasses because their mama was too busy bouncing on a dick and I mean I got the vibe that the dude was like some type of he seemed like he was some type of god it was very cosmic I would say very like religious almost like a deity coming to earth to you know get his dick wet and then going back to wherever he normally goes um but i mean i i don't like i i keep saying over and over again i don't know the fucking rules with vikings women i know she is a free woman but she's also married and i just the way men are about women having extramarital affairs even though they have a bunch of them especially in this time is very it's ridiculous so i i can't imagine that he's gonna be okay with this he being ragnar but i don't i really don't know and i'm not gonna pretend like i know but i do know that as soon as siggy saved the first baby and her daughter appeared i was like now i know you fucking lying y'all was not about to kill my girl and then when she went back down there and got the other one I was like, you're not gonna set, you're not gonna pull her out the water. You just gonna look at her, and then she just floated down to the bottom. I just, I'm just not okay with this. <laughs> I fucking loved her, and she was literally my favorite. And now she's gone. And then Floki's wife looked at Aslug when she left, like, "Bitch, where you going?" But I don't think she don't seem like she'll tell. And now Rolo's just going to come home and his boo thing is going to be dead. And I'm really sad about it. I uh, haven't sent feedback because I was just I was just reeling, reeling about it because I'm I'm still mad right now. And like I said, it's almost been two weeks since I watched it. Um, I just can't stress enough how much I dislike Aslug. Um, you got me calling her Aslug. <laughs> Aslug. Ugh, just her, I don't know, she annoys me. Even her, like, pouty little face annoys me. But just, 
the fact that my girl is dead now, I just, I'm just not okay with it. Um, and he said, yeah, she's with her family now in Valhalla. Well, that's great for her. What about me? Now we are just stuck with Aslog. Um, I don't even remember what really happened anything about anything else. I remember that that weird-ass princess uh, peed on Ragnar's wound, and he kind of seemed like he was kind of turned on by it, and that shit was gross. Um, I could have gone my whole life without that scene, um, and I'm pretty sure they smashed. Let me know if I'm wrong, but it seemed like after after the pee thing, he was like, I'm, I'm into this, and then they did the deed on the ground, and she was on top. So let me know if I'm wrong, because that's the kind of vibe I got. Um, and then she proceeded to kill her brother, and I kind of felt like she was going to go there. Um, she poisoned him, though, which is a punk-ass move, like... I, she seemed like she loved him, but I don't know if it was what Ragnar said about him getting her killed or if she was always planning on killing him. I, I don't care. Um, she wanted to be the sole queen of Marcia, so uh, here we are. I, I think it's hilarious after she poisoned everybody, everybody else poisoned, or after she poisoned her brother, everybody poured their drinks out. Because <laughs> I was like, I know y'all not about to drink y'all wine after seeing what she just did. I was like, okay, ain't nobody stupid. <laughs> Good. Um, uh, I think uh, when um, Lagatha was like, uh, when the king was basically just trying to woo her, talking about I want you, and she was like, you know, you don't care nothing about anybody but yourself. I'm down with that, and I agree. But, did she, I mean, you know, while we weren't paying attention, did she learn the language? Like, it seemed like they were communicating because um, <clears throat> Athelstan wasn't around. So I'm just curious about that. Um, were we supposed to assume that she learned the language or that she just don't understand him and he don't understand her? I get confused when the language is English and they don't have any subtitles and we're not supposed to know what, like, it seems like they can talk to each other and they're communicating, but like last episode they didn't know what each other was saying so i'm i'm just confused and i'm probably going to be confused about this for a while um and then the last thing i want to talk about is uh uh bjorn and his uh ugly ass uh fiance um i feel like she's probably gonna she's probably gonna be disfigured um i don't know what the plan is but at this point you should probably go back into war, so at least you can end up in Valhalla. You don't die of a, a, like a sepsis, because I I feel like that would suck. <laughs> you were trash, and you paid for it. Like you want to be like at, um, like Lagatha, but you didn't do any of the work, and you were pretty much being cared for by your um, boo thing. Like I said in my last feedback, I understand why he did it. Force her to stay at home. I still feel like Ragnar was being an asshole, but, you know, I, I feel like he probably expects something from Bjorn that's not quite happening yet, because we, if, if I remember correctly from the um, seer, Bjorn's supposed to be, like, marry a princess, 
he's supposed to be this great warrior. I guess he's expecting it to happen overnight. Um, it doesn't matter because the girl he's with, he's not meant to be with her anyway. Um, it was just puppy love since I guess he's 14, even though he looks uh, fucking 30. Um, he's just, you know, a big kid. <laughs> so when he actually does find the person that he's going to marry, you know, maybe Ragnar will look back on this and be like, I was a dick. Maybe not. Um, for as great of a king as he is, he's starting to become a kind of uh, shitty dad. Um, he, I guess he's good with kids, just not good with the older ones. I don't know. Um, his heart is not being as sensitive as it was. I, I'm not sure. Maybe becoming a king is making him different. Um, maybe he just doesn't know how to navigate this um, tween teenager type of a child um, because he wasn't, you know, his daughter died and Bjorn was with Lagatha for some time. So, you know, he didn't get to, to do the parenting thing as he became, you know, a preteen and a teenager. Now he just has a, you know, 15, 16 year old and he probably just doesn't know what to do with that kid now. I'm not sure, but um, I want to go ahead and send this off so I can go and watch the next episode. Um, I don't know what's going to happen going forward, but I am interested. Um, other than them killing Siggy, I'm still pissed about it. Um, I'm very intrigued on what's going to happen um, with this, uh, with the Vikings moving forward. So, until next time, love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, beat me out. Thank you, Mimi, for your thoughts on the episode as well. You definitely went into Aslug as she deserved. And yes, even with me not revealing the BTS, he was supposed to be a god. Everything was involved in this episode to confirm that. So I, I felt nothing bad about uh, basically saying, yeah, right track. <laughs> he was supposed to be a god. Uh, but it was fast and loose with it one that's the thing you gotta wonder they're they're trying to get you to wonder anyway girl married ain't free <laughs> married is not free <laughs> a free woman is not a married woman she cheated no that's a crime that's a no no she can't just fuck anyone she wants that's absolutely no Siggy can she's a free woman she's not married to nobody and a ring on it <laughs> but once a ring on it once you've been hand fasted you, you your goodies belong to your husband because they don't want to be raising another man's child that's why they always made women be celibate versus the male because they want to make sure they're claiming their own ain't that fucked up i will neither confirm nor deny if sybil and ragnar smashed and at some point you will understand why i think she realized in the hands of another man even if it was a beloved brother and i am talking about sybil she would continue to be taken advantage of she would continue to be marginalized that's what ragnar got through to her and when she realized that yeah i just did all of this work 
to regain control of Mercia, but all it takes is another man, kind of the same issue that Lagatha is about to learn. Uh, is is all you need is the right another man there that's an option and armies will rally behind them and then she'll be right back where she began with so upon realizing fuck i i can love my brother all you want but if i really want to be free and independent i have to even let the thing that i desire and truly love go nah inconsistent about when the interpreter is needed i mean sure they can say in the last two weeks they learned each other's language a lot more to be able to converse but um that's giving them a lot of credit and lastly i didn't even touch on bjorn because i do think that ragnar looks at his son in a manner of you grew up spoiled like he started off being a farmer but very quickly when he was still a child he became someone of influence of nobility so now he went from that to another man raising him being a pampered prince so to speak more so than an actual warrior and yeah i don't think that ragnar now when he had the time to be the attentive father he could but now that he's being pulled in so many other directions not to mention his own personal ambitions i think he's simply you know he he's running out of life to live and that's what he's more focused on than maybe what he should be but i I think that yeah he doesn't know how to interact with this this teenage 15 16 year old kid in front of him who he missed out on a good chunk of his upbringing and now he's a little softer and a little more naive than even he and his brother was at that age and so instead of knowing how to nurture that just a bit he is uh taking the the disapproving father approach which is not the correct approach i totally agree with that i don't dismiss it that's just the excuse that's the reason not the excuse and that's all I have to add as well for this episode. I see you already sent in your feedback for the next one. I don't think we have it on for this week. It'll be for next week. So cannot wait to see how the rest of this season unfolds with all of the things we know are waiting to be addressed. And they're not very small things at all. So. If you want to join in the conversation, blackercouch at gmail.com or can leave a comment below. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic. Real hard,